Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Would you buy shares in this market? We reveal who would and what they're buying. What can you buy for your pension? We look for investments to protect your pension income. And should you buy into student property? We look at A-star opportunities for parents and investors. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent. I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Alice Ross. Hello. And Tanya Poli. Hi. And our special studio guest, John Lawson, Head of Pensions Policy for Standard Life. Hello. Let's start then with the money news. This week, with the FTSE 100 index posting four days of consecutive gains, albeit small ones and the week's not out yet, some fund managers have talked about buying back into equities. Sanjeev Shah, manager of the Fidelity Special Situations Fund, said that the recent fall in stock markets provided the best opportunity to invest in shares since the market low of March 2009. He argued that we are a large way through a market correction in terms of the size of the decline from peak to trough and has already started finding opportunities. But some wealth managers remain cautious and forecast further market falls this year. Signia Wealth, for example, has cut its equity allocation from 50% to low single digits and this week warned that volatility is likely to remain prevalent for the remainder of 2011. So, Alice, is this fund managers just talking up their funds or do you think that they are making a good case for buying equities now? Um, Well, I wouldn't say it's a completely compelling case and, you know, it's not completely watertight what they're saying, but they do offer some good reasons for buying shares at these kind of prices. I mean, basically, the stock market is now about 10 to 15 percent cheaper than it was a month ago. So that's something to think about if you're a long term investor. Um, and then they're also saying, I mean, Sanjeev Shah at Fidelity, who you mentioned, who is, you know, a massive UK fund manager, um, he's, he does think that stocks are on quite low valuations. And he also points out that some of them have really decent dividend yields of 5 percent plus right now. You know, compare that to other types of investments and and yields. And that's just so much better than what you're going to get on cash or fixed interest right now, for example. So those are some some pretty pretty good reasons. But, you know, there's just so much uncertainty ahead. You know, the Eurozone, what the US decides to do about its debt crisis. And I think that's definitely making some people wary. 
And who else is um, taking a braver or more bullish view at the moment? We've, we've talked about um, Sanjeev Shah at Fidelity. Any other managers? Yeah, I was just speaking this morning with Richard Buxton at Schroeder's. He's their big UK equity guy. Um, and he he also thinks that basically the market is a bit too scared. You know, there's been this overreaction in August um, with all of the worries going around. And he thinks that um, while there is bad news ahead, he thinks a lot of this bad news has been priced in and then more. So if things do turn out to be as bad as some analysts are now forecasting, the shares are still the right price for that. And, you know, kind of if you buy them now, things can only go up a little bit, in his opinion. So he's been buying some of the stuff that's uh, more kind of unloved by the market. He's actually been looking at financials and house builders, um, and he's been buying some of those this week um, against the advice of many other analysts, I think. Some of the people I've been talking to who have been saying similar things um, look for those really solid, um, strong cash flow, strong balance sheet, high dividend-paying companies. Um, in addition to financials, well, which you could argue don't have all of those things, and house builders who, who may or may not, any other sectors or, or companies? Yeah, I mean, um, pharmaceuticals, utilities, you know, these traditional kind of defensive sectors, um, there has been a sell-off in those as well, actually, you know, it's kind of been indiscriminate this month. Um, but uh, if you take something like GlaxoSmithKline, the massive pharmaceutical company, that's its dividend yield is currently above 5%. Um, and it's expected to grow. I mean, that's that looks really great for, for people in search of an income. And so uh, equity income funds are still kind of chock full of those kind of stocks. Yeah, but Glaxo has been mentioned to me several times. Unilever uh, is another one I've been, I've been hearing about. Any others that... Uh uh, that fund managers have mentioned in the past day or so? Uh, it's generally kind of in that vein, I think. Glaxo, Glaxo <laughs> does seem to be the one prime example of the stock yielding above 5%. And so you do start to get suspicious when no one mentions any other stock. But um, people are generally looking in those kind of areas, I think. Yeah, I've heard Vodafone as well. Vodafone, so. of course, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think well, on fundamentals basis, uh, yeah, and as you say, for longer term opportunities, clearly exist. So, uh, Alice, thanks for now. And uh, for more on the managers who are buying into equities, plus uh, some strategies for capital preservation, if you're of a more cautious view, look out for the Q&A in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, bricks and mortarboards. Is a student house a good investment? First, though, rebuilding your pension after those market falls. Last week, savers approaching retirement were warned that market volatility put them at risk of losing substantial pension income. With the FTSE 100 index falling 14% inside a month, advice firm Annuity Direct said some investors were in danger of losing almost a quarter of their retirement income if they remained invested in equity funds. But if your pension fund has taken a hit, where should you be investing to protect what you have or to rebuild your future income? Alice, I imagine this must be quite a worry for many people who are approaching retirement just in a few years to go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always concerning when you see uh, these massive stock market falls and you're aware that a lot of your pension is invested in the stock market and you start to wonder if that could impact your income for the rest of your life because most people when they retire will buy an annuity with their pension fund which you know gives them this kind of set income for life um, but it very much depends how long you've got until you retire um, I 
John and I have spoken about this before, but um, we were just kind of looking at how long do you have until retirement? And that does really make all the difference, doesn't it? Because if you're maybe 10 years plus away from retirement, this might even be a time to buy shares. Yeah, absolutely. I think the worst thing that, that people do and, 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 and investors do is sell at the, the, the bottom and buy at the top. You, you make a loss doing that. So so when the, the prices uh, in, in the equity markets are low as they are at the moment, try and avoid selling those. And in fact, uh, as we've heard, they're 14 50% cheaper than they were last month. So essentially when something's cheap, you should buy more of it. Um, and, and people, when they invest, tend not to do that. They tend to do the opposite uh, and, and, and sell. But absolutely, you only crystallise a loss when you sell. So people should really hang on, hang in there with equities until they recover. Um, one thing they could do is consider re-diverting their, their future contributions elsewhere. Um, if you want to diversify your investments away from purely equities, you could consider diverting your future contributions into to, to some other asset class uh, rather than equities, and that would give you a spread of risk. Um, having said that, uh, fixed interest uh, are at uh, historically high prices, um, gilts at historically high prices, and therefore you might be buying in at the top of that market uh, as well. So so generally speaking, I think probably the best thing to do is is continue to buy assets which look historically cheap and, and probably equities uh, is as good a place as any. And of course, if you're if you're relatively near to retirement, not not at the point of retirement, which we'll talk about in a minute, but if you're two or three years away from retirement, um, people are probably doing that for you, aren't they? Because if you're in one of these lifestyle pension funds, what they do is they move you out of equities anyway as you come up to retirement and they put you into fixed interest and cash. So these people may be worrying unnecessarily. Correct, yeah. I, I would guess in uh, these days about a half to two thirds of people are in lifestyle strategies, which means they're, they're, they're gradually switching out of equities into fixed interest and cash to mimic the annuity they'll buy at retirement and the tax-free cash they'll take from their pension. Um, so these, these people don't necessarily need to worry. We've, we've been through this before in 2008 uh, and, and earlier for lifestyle strategies in, 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 in 2001 to 2003 where markets fell. And uh, lifestyle worked really quite well, and it's it's likely again to work quite well uh, in, in the current market crash. So that that's good. The, the people who do have to worry are people who don't have a lifestyle strategy, and I guess for them, um, trying to hang tight with what they've got until it recovers, and hope that that recovers uh, before the, the the reach retirement is is probably the best strategy for them, and and also making plans around how they might might make the, fl- the retirement date more flexible mm. um, to allow that recovery to happen in time. And just finally, um, for people that, you know, had planned to retire maybe next month or something and they can't really change that retirement date, what options do they have to try and improve the kind of income that they're going to get? Is there anything they can do or do they just have to accept the losses? Yeah, I think I think one good way to, to, to get around that issue is not to cash in your whole pension pot. Cash in... Um, only let's say a quarter or a fifth of that pot and and use that tax-free lump sum, the tax-free cash you get from that, that amount you've cashed in as income for the next year or, or the next 18 months to allow the rest of your fund time to recover. Um, and, and then you can have a look at, you know, as well as I said, guilt rates are really low and annuity rates are low at the moment and you might want uh, annuity rates to, to potentially rise in that period as well as equities to rise in that period. So uh, you could get a, a double win if you 
uh, sit it out. Okay, so take as little as possible. And of course, we know that if you are buying an annuity, you should shop around and don't necessarily buy it from your pension provider because that can give you a massive uplift in income. Absolutely. Shop around and, and particularly if you're in poor health, you can get a really big uplift if you, you, you buy an impaired life annuity. Mm. John, uh, thank you very much indeed for that. And if you'd like to know more about the, the funds you can use and the options for deferring taking your pension, you can read our Q&A in this weekend's FT and on the website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, investing in student property. Student accommodation has become an increasingly popular asset class in recent years, as investors and parents have been attracted by the high yields and reliable returns on offer. Buyers of student properties have benefited from the imbalance between the supply of accommodation and the high demand for university places. According to the Knight Frank Student Accommodation Index, total returns for student property across England and Wales were 13.5% in the year to December 2010, and average yields were 6.25% a year. So, Tanya, looking at these figures, is it just a case of pick a university town and find a cheap property? Well, sadly, it's not the case anymore. Um, like you mentioned, obviously, um, student property, investing in student property, is, um, people have done quite well recently and for like the preceding years. Um, but obviously, we've had a lot of changes um, being announced this year. So we've had um, the government basically announce that they will be cutting significant amounts of funding to universities. We've also had the announcement that students um, will now need to pay much larger fees, like as much as £9,000 um, a year in some cases. Um, so really, the higher education sector is going having a bit of an overhaul at the moment and it's really brought a lot more risk um, in terms of actually student investment property. Um, Savile's one agent I've been speaking to this week has actually said um, what you're going to see going forward now is actually some um, university locations performing much better than others. I mean this is partly because you might see more students um, potentially um, living at home now and deciding they don't want to pay the huge fees of um, going to like you know um, staying in rented accommodation um, and on the other side of it you can actually see some universities not really being able to sort of continue I mean some of them are going to have to merge um, because they won't be able to attract the same amount of levels of students um, so they're kind of saying that really you need to research uh, your university location in terms of where you want to buy student property much more carefully these days. And what sort of um, indicators or metrics or you know, just you know, sort of general pointers are there that uh, investors can look at? Well, um, a lot of agents have said that the Russell Group of universities are a good starting point. Um, that's that's, the, that's sort of 20, isn't it? Isn't yes. It? Um, so it's kind of quite some of the well-known London names like Imperial College and King's um, College London. And then you've got Bristol, and Nottingham and other places like that in, in that list. Um, although they have sort of, you know, said actually that's not a catch-all list it doesn't mean that all those areas are going to perform well um, it's just a good place to start because um, they're likely to actually attract um, a lot of overseas students um, and also they're kind of the well-established names the other area which I just referred to partly is the overseas students um, a lot of people a lot of experts have been saying that part of um, future success for universities will be this ability to actually attract overseas students because they pay much higher fees and it will just help the you know the brand and establishment of that university as well to continue and um, be successful and are there any particular types of property that you should look for or avoid uh, are some types better than others um, I think 
it, it depends really what type of investor you are. I mean, if you're a parent, you're more likely to probably buy um, a terraced home that you could possibly, you know, um, so your 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 child would live there and then you could rent it out to friends and earn some of the money back from rental income. Um, so they're always a good bet and pretty stable in terms of, you know, the returns if you're picking in the right location. Um, a lot of people have been talking about these new um, pods that are being launched, um, these sort of student properties where you can actually buy in quite cheap. But a lot of people have been warning against them as well because of the fact that actually you don't really know what the resale market is. Um, it's not that clear kind of exit route for you. Just finally, um, for those who need a mortgage to to buy a property for mm. uh, an investment or indeed for a child's going to university, uh, are there restrictions? Is mortgage availability you know, not as good? We know that there are um, difficulties getting mortgages for every, anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's obviously would be classed as a buy-to-let. Um, some there do seem to be quite a lot of limitations. Some lenders um, don't allow students to to be the tenants. Um, others basically aren't keen for the offspring or the investor to actually live in that property. Um, I've been told by mortgage brokers that like um, Woolwich and Paragon are among the best lenders in terms of actually lending to students. So they're the ones that are probably more likely to um, be willing to lend you money. Also, um, what with all the um, economic crisis and everything, you do need a bigger deposit now. I mean, you need between sort of twenty five to forty percent for kind of buy to let um, investment property. So you need quite a lot of money and you also need to do your homework by the sounds of it. Uh, Tanya, thank you very much indeed. And for more on the best locations for investing in student property, make sure you read Tanya's report in the money section of this weekend's FT, complete with a map of where to buy and a list of the average prices and yields on offer. But that's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you will find all of these stories, plus daily news updates, blog posts and top tips on our website, ft.com forward slash money. You can follow our tweets on twitter.com forward slash FT money. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address is money at FT.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Tanya, Alice and our special guest, John Lawson from Standard Life. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to FT.com forward slash podcasts. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.